Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Soberlink. The Soberlink system is designed to make parenting time safer with real-time remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink uniquely combines a breathalyzer with wireless connectivity and is the only system that includes facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting. Parents can submit a test anytime, anywhere, thanks to Soberlink's wireless technology, which delivers test results by text message or email to the concerned parties. Simplify co-parenting arrangements by using the system that provides transparency and proof of sobriety throughout the day. Flexible schedules combined with real-time delivery of results make Soberlink the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology. To learn more or sign up today, visit Soberlink.com backslash family law. Use promo code BEYOND20 to receive $50 off a device. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. Parental alienation, as we know it, is a form of child psychological abuse. And it's where one parent influences the behaviors of the children to reject the other parent. It's really a, a form of intimate partner violence where you may or you may have physical or emotional abuse in the intact relationship. And then when the marriage ends, one, and in some cases, both parents use the children to enact psychological harm on the other parent. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today's topic is one that I know is going to really draw a lot of people in. It is a topic that I have lately been seeing all over social media, all over my emails that I get from people and in conversations in my Facebook lives and things that I've been doing. So today we're talking about, for title purposes, I'm gonna call it parental alienation. Um, and I have the wonderful Dorsey Pruder here today with me. I have been looking forward to doing this interview for about two years now. I met Dorsey actually for the first time two years ago at the Southern California Mediation Association's Family Mediation Institute. And then again, this past um, February, February, um, and we have been working to get this on the recording schedule ever since. And the main reason I'm excited to bring Dorsey to you is because she has an approach that is solution-focused. She is looking to 
not focused on the, the fact of the alienation so much as she is looking on how to reunify that family and she gets results. So this is why I want you to know her. Let me just tell you a quick little blurb about her, although I encourage you to go to the show notes to read her full bio, but she is the founder and CEO of Conscious Co-Parenting Institute, which is a Dorsey Inc. company. Love the name of Dorsey Inc. company. Um, and through reunification coaching, and co-parent education, she provides strategies and solutions for parents and children to reconnect or stay connected during and after a high conflict divorce. So Dorsey, it's been a long time coming. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Susan. It has been a long time coming. I'm really excited. I was like, I finally. <laughs> I was actually looking in my phone and I have a bunch of pictures of the two of us from February <laughs> that I'll be able to uh, use when we when we promote this episode where we were awesome. actually physically together. But um, you're beaming in from California. You're located in Los Angeles, right? Yes, that's yeah, correct. Lucky, lucky you. Um, I miss my California right now. But um, this is something that, you know, always is a hot topic. Um, but as you and I just were talking about before we got started with the taping, I think right now, as we tape this, um, we are in June of 2020. And the world is in a time of a very difficult time. I'm just going to mm -hmm. put it that way. There is so much going on. And no one needs to hear me go through the recitation of what that is. <laughs> I hope someday we're on the other side of it. But unfortunately, some of the divisiveness in our world seems to be trickling down into families to the extent where, I don't know, I would imagine you've seen it, but I certainly have seen the term parental alienation or divided families, mm -hmm. um, families in conflict. This has been something that has seemed to increase in recent days. It's always an intractable problem. But right. have you seen that as well in your practice? Yeah, so um, we've definitely seen all sides um, of this family dynamic elevated. So we've seen a rise in domestic violence, a rise in child abuse, a rise in using the quarantine as an opportunity to alienate the children and prevent them from seeing their other parents on both sides from what we know as the targeted parent, which is the parent being rejected, and then also the alienating parent, which is the one influencing the children to reject the other parents. So we've seen a rise in all of that. And um, as you said, we're in this incredible time of unrest in the world. And I like to look at this opportunity or this time as an opportunity to awaken people around us to understand the unconscious parts that they have where are you being triggered? And all of these things are about you. So if the button is pushed for you, you're in a trigger of an unconscious part of you. And so that's one of the things we teach is how to awaken the parents to their buttons and their unconscious parts. And so this upheaval globally is really a massive opportunity for an uprising or an up-leveling in consciousness, if you will. Yeah. And that's, you know, again, maybe it's something that is really coming to the fore right now. But, you know, I've been a divorce practitioner for 30 years and I can say these cases where, you know, we have this divisiveness in a family, mm -hmm. it, they are among the most heartbreaking. They are among the most difficult 
And honestly, the problem is one of the most intractable issues I've ever encountered. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I have had a number of cases where some element, and I'm going to do what you said you were going to do, I'm going to put it in quotes, where alienation, <laughs> and we'll talk about that in just one second, but where alienation was occurring. And unfortunately, in my experience, at least as a divorce attorney, there were very few methods for fixing this problem that occurred in a courtroom. The courtroom was not well suited to deal with this problem. So before we get into, you know, the actual process, I do want to talk about why I'm saying alienation in quotes, okay. air quotes here. Um, I'd love to have you, you know, give people the more under nuanced explanation of, okay. you know, I think everyone's heard parental alienation. Sure. Let's go delve deep, deep, let's take a little deeper dive. Okay, so um, parental alienation, as we know it, is a form of child psychological abuse, and it's where one parent influences the behaviors of the children to reject the other parent. It's really a, a form of intimate partner violence where you may or you may have physical or emotional abuse in the intact relationship, and then when the marriage ends, one and in some cases both parents use the children to enact psychological harm on the other parent. And um, one of the reasons we say parental alienation in quotes and are shifting from that vernacular is for many decades, um, they tried to prove parental alienation as a new form of, of, um, of mental illness. And the truth is, it's already an accepted construct within the confines of, of psychology. So when we look at, we go back to the, the accepted confines of psychology, we're talking about a emotional cutoff between a parent and a child. And we're talking about transgenerational trauma, which means trauma from a parent is now coming in into the family system of the, the children that they've brought into the world. So we're, we're passing our trauma narrative down from one generation to the next. And a divorce frequently triggers the parent's trauma, and then they triangulate their children into their spousal conflict, and they project their childhood trauma into their children. So now we have a cross-generational coalition where the parent's trauma is now the child's trauma, even though it isn't, and then the the, ch the parent becomes the all-consuming protective parent of this child, and the other parent becomes the perpetrator. This is already known in psychology. And then we have personality disordered parents. So we have everything from psychopathy, which you know they call antisocial, all the way down to histrionic and everything in between, like borderline personality disorder and narcissistic personality disorder. When those people inflict their pathology into their children, the children show the symptomology of personality disorder. And so when we are looking at this from the accepted constructs of psychology, we don't need to create a new syndrome there's already diagnosable pathology going on. And then you take it a step further and these children are dealing with a persecutory delusion. So the other parent is vilifying the parent, the, you know, the targeted parent, if you will, and the child has adopted this narrative that, the, that they're either a father or mother phobia, which isn't a real phobia, and that this parent is, is deemed to be all bad while the other parent is all good. So it's a form of splitting. So there's all these layers 
layers of, of um, accepted pathology that we already know about. And when I started my business in 2006, I was under the old, you know, guard or the under the mindset of, of parental alienation. Gardner, uh, Richard Gardner had brought this new thing out. I was a child of this myself. And when I started my company, I realized that this is what had happened to me as a child and what was happening to me as a parent. And um, when I went out to solve it, you know, there really wasn't a solution. There was a lot of people, a lot of experts talking about this problem, but nobody really had a solution. And I called all, you know, a lot of them and it was like, well, just reunite with your dad. We'll just prevent it from happening to your children. I'm like, great. How do I do that? And there was really just, just do it. I'm like, was this, am I wearing Nike? It's like, I know it's like, Okay, I've got my Nikes on. Swoosh. Not working, right? <laughs> Not working. <laughs> yeah. So it when I started collaborating with Dr. Childress in 2013, you know, he really brought us back to already accepted constructs of psychology. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is the pathway out. And I went to, or he saw me speak at a conference and then um, I took his class and I'm like, oh, okay, we really, our, our stuff really fits together. When he got to solution, he was talking about, you know, regular therapy and all, and I'm like, dude, no, we can solve this in four days. Why do we take nine months when we can actually get this done in a few days and then go back to the therapist? And so that was really the beginning of the full solution being available to people in the world. And you said something I want to comment on, which is we're asking family court to solve a mental health crisis. And lawyers and judges who are just lawyers are being asked to make decisions in prevent and, and present evidence for um, child psychological abuse, wrapping it as alienation, which isn't really diagnosable. And, you know, you're relying on the mental health community to give you what you need. And there was this whole separate like segment of mental health called forensic psychology that was created to help family court. And they kind of went off into the wilderness and they provided this, this roadmap, if you will, which really didn't provide a roadmap out. And so, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when that was really created, you as a lawyer, you know, you've been doing this for 30 years. You weren't really getting a lot of support from the mental health community and people were spending thousands of dollars are spending thousands of dollars on these forensic psychology reports, custody evaluations, and you get to the end and there's really no, there's no treatment plan. There's no solution. Oftentimes they say, well, it's been so long. There's nothing we can do, even though it took them a year to do the evaluation, you know, and these families are spinning and nobody's helping. And yeah. That's where I come into play. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's why I was so, you know, fascinated the first time you and I spoke two years ago and why I've been wanting to do this show because that is very much my experience as a divorce attorney mm -hmm. is one, everything took forever mm -hmm. to even get it in front of a judge. When you get it in front of a judge, finally, with your forensic, you know, report and your recommendation, perhaps from a, the dueling expert by the way. So I can pretty much promise you one expert said the kids should stay with mom and one says they should be sent over to dad or vice versa, depending. Um, and then you put it in the hands of a judge and you get that exact paradigm. Either it's gone on so long, it would be more disruptive to these children to now move them 
or I'm going to move them over to the other parent because I believe there's been alienation and the other parent should have the kids, which is also traumatic for children with no therapeutic framework or, you know, or, and then now there's reunification therapy. But my other experience I would say with that is that it goes on for a very long time. And my personal experience with it, watching it through clients is that it hasn't been particularly effective. Yeah. So you have this non-traditional approach, uh, we'll call it. And you mentioned in what you were saying a moment ago, which I'm sure perked people's ears up <laughs> four days. Yes. So tell us what you were talking about with four days. Okay. So we have what um, I like to call an augmented workshop or an augmented treatment plan. So we run a, a, a workshop called High Road to Reunification, and it requires a protective separation and at least a temporary change of custody, both physical and legal, to the the targeted parent, if you will, so the the rejected parent. And um, we come in and we facilitate a psychoeducational workshop. So it's me and another coach or two coaches will come in and work with the targeted parent and the children to teach them how to resurface their unbreakable bond because a parent and a child always are bonded and um, how to live in the new family paradigm. We don't throw the other parent under the bus because we know that the children love both of their parents, even if they're vehemently denying their love for the rejected parent and elevating the other parent, we know the, the pathology and we know that children love both of their parents. And so our four-day intervention goes through a series of steps of really unlocking the mind, if you will, of the children and the targeted parent during the, the workshop and resurfacing their empathy and um, their love and bonding. And most of these children are having an unprocessed grief response to the loss of the targeted parent. So a lot of people think, well, they reject that parent. They must have done something wrong. That parent is all bad. Why is the child so angry? Well, the reason the child child is so angry is they're grieving the loss of a parent that's still alive. It's like a death that goes unhealed and they can't heal it because the parent is still there. And every time they're around that parent, it feels painful. They feel they're suffering. And so it, they act out in anger, with, which is just a manifestation of fear, right? And, and anxiety and sadness. It's grief. And so we quickly resurface empathy and love and bonding in the very first part. And we help the child understand that this is is a child protection issue, not a custody issue, and that there's a reason we're protecting them from the other parent, and we're not going to leave the other parent in the cold. So we explain to them that, they're, that what they're learning in the workshop somebody back home, the maintenance care provider, a therapist in their local jurisdiction, will be working with the other parent, teaching them a lot of the same skills that they're learning in the workshop and going through some of the media. So we never leave the other parent in the dark and we reassure the child that we're recovering the entire family system. Now, unfortunately, sometimes the other parent who's extremely pathogenic won't do the work. And um, that's unfortunate. The goal of our workshop and the reason we have a protective separation that's at least 90 days or longer in some cases is we need to teach the skills and give the child enough time to have those skills become a habit and also to be able to resist the um, negative influences or the pathogenic parenting of the other parent. So that's how it works. 
taking a quick break here to announce my new webinar training for family mediators. I get so many questions about how I have set up my family mediation practice that I decided to turn it into a training. So I have a brand new webinar that's going to go over all you need to know to actually set up your practice to move your mediations along. We're going toward efficiency, client satisfaction, how to use technology in troubleshooting. We're going to talk about establishing processes and procedures, how to have effective consultations, how to be efficient in the fact and data gathering, document preparation, how to establish your fees, how to streamline the process with an agenda, and so much more. And of course, I'm gonna have some tips for online family law mediations as well. So if you're interested, go to learntomediateonline.com and find out more and register. Stay tuned for more from Susan and her guest, Dorsey Pruder, on solutions for parental alienation that really work. The kids love their parents, and when they know they're protected and they're safe to be able to rebond or, or resurface the bond, they, they resurface the bond. And um, that's why we have 100% success rate, because it's the truth. And it's in our DNA to be bonded to our parents. If you are enjoying this episode, check out Avoid the Void, Facing Your Future and Thriving After Divorce with Shannon McGorry. And for me, that was the moment my choice became crystal clear. I could stay stuck in the past and in this place of fear, or I could intentionally choose to accept the reality and start to make choices to build my future based on what I valued, what was important to me, and what I ultimately, how I ultimately wanted to live and who I ultimately wanted to be. And now we return to today's show. I want to sort of drill down on a couple of things in there because I'm interested as a, a practitioner. So you're referencing a protective separation mm -hmm. um, of at least 90 days. So this requires a court order. Yes. Right. Yeah. So this is something that your program is, I assume, for the most part, court ordered. It is. However, because you're a mediator and so am I, I will let you know that we've had a few families actually agree to the high road in mediation and the protective separation. And, and I'll tell you how we get there is we also offer a program called custody resolution method where we're tagging all of the evidence, the tier one evidence in these family law cases. So we're looking at text messages between the parties, between the parties and the children, mental health reports reports, custody evaluations, their pleading papers, their declarations. Sometimes we have um, a deposition testimony or a courtroom testimony. We're taking the data from the family, from the, the evidence, and we're tagging it based on the diagnostic symptoms in the children. We're also trained to, um, to, to determine whether domestic violence, all levels, right? Emotional, spiritual, um, physical, sexual, whatever the abuse is, we can tag the data based on abuse and then also parenting practices so we review how are the parents parenting who's causing the emotional cutoff 
we take this data and then we provide lawyers with a what, what's called a case overview or a narrative, if you will, of what does the data mean? So you as a lawyer, or if you have lawyers listening, how do you present a case of child psychological abuse and reframe it from a custody issue to a child protection issue? And it's based on the facts. It's not based on hearsay or emotion. It's just the facts are the facts. And then Dr. Childress also writes an if this, then that kind of a report. So he'll say if this data is true and accurate, it's representative of diagnostic indicator number one, two, or three, or, or child psychological abuse, and it warrants a protective issue. When we have that kind of data, frequently we can meet with collaborative lawyers in a mediated experience to say, listen, you know, this is what's happening. We're not eliminating, we're integrating, but we need to protect the child. And here's how, here's the best approach or the best way forward and the most affordable way to stay out of the family court system. So parents are agreeing, even pathogenic parents, even though they maybe don't want to, but the evidence speaks for itself and they're starting to see. And those are the best cases because we know then we can really recover the entire family system quickly. And sometimes in those cases, the protective separation isn't 90 days. It's four weeks or eight weeks. So there's a there's a motivating drive, if you will, to agree and do the work so that they can come back together as a family and live in the new family paradigm of shared parenting. So those are the best cases. We don't always get those, but you know. No, well, but, <laughs> but I think it's probably a surprise to people out there that they happen at all, yeah. which is a significant factor. Um, I see the 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 way that unfolds is that what you all are doing is actually providing i'm going to call it the the wedge or the impetus for the party who is perhaps the one who is we'll just say alienating parents yeah the alienating parents who's alienating right to bring them to the table to agree to this because in a courtroom they may be facing even more of either a protective separation or other you know other facts so i you're positively brilliant might i say coming from a lawyer on the way the way to handle it because what you're doing is leveraging right you're taking the facts um, and just the facts thank you ma'am which is what we as lawyers are trained to look at what we as judges who are lawyers as you point out are looking for and using those facts to elicit change, elicit agreement, elicit people, you know, and it's not, you know, in mediation, you're a mediator as well, everyone. Yes. Dorsey is a, <laughs> a trained and certified mediator as well. Um, we are not looking to strong arm people into things, no. but being faced with the facts of what is going to happen if you can't find a, a place to agree exactly. is something that people, it's called an informed decision. Right. Yeah. So right. very important for people to know. Um, the other thing though, and I, this is a question for me because I've run into this as a professional. So yes, even you have mom and dad or dad and dad and mom and mom agreeing mm-hmm. that they're, they're going to enter into your program. You already mentioned this involves the targeted parent and the children. Mm-hmm. One, the court order has no impact on the children. They are not parties to the action. So the court has no ability to order them to do anything. And children have wills of their own. Mm-hmm. How do you get children who are in the throes of, I hate that person. 
to, to participate. Yeah, so if custody, well, custody has to be changed or to the targeted parent who can make parenting decisions for their children. So um, about 50% of the time they have to hire an adolescent transportation company that are skilled and trained to transport adolescents all over the world to all different kinds of things like rehab or um, wilderness camp. Yeah. yeah, so, so the, and, and it's up to the parent who has legal decision-making to decide how they're going to get the children to the workshop. Um, sometimes it's adolescent transportation, sometimes these kids who are vehemently denying that they're going to do anything with that parent in front of one parent, as soon as that parent is gone or they know they're protective, they get in the car with, with dad or mom and say, hey, can we get a burger before we get there, right? So sometimes, the I call it the show or the, the front is, I'm going to, ah, right? And I'm the, I hate you until nobody else is there. And it's like, yeah, okay, let's go. So, you know, it just depends on the level of entrenchment with the kids. If there's more than one, you know, sometimes adolescent transport, um, transportation is required because you have three kids and they're influencing each other, right? And they're looking to the older sibling or, you know, do we, do we go or do we not? So, um, I've dealt with like some of the most challenging family dynamics. Um, you know, I had a kid, I call him the anarchist. He had a fresh anarchy tattoo and he had been kicked out of school because, um, of his social media posting and stuff they thought he was going to be the next school shooter and um i got a i got a court order in the mail from the judge that said with a with a post-it note that said good luck the buck stops with you i'm like wow okay i'm like what am i getting myself into no pressure no pressure you know they came with you know these guys with bulletproof vests and um, i'm like oh my gosh what what is happening and he was really hostile, but he's the fastest recovery I've ever had. And the first day by lunch, he was like, mom, mom, mom. I mean, it was, it was really incredible. So, um, you know, I, and I got a letter later that um, the school principal, you know, thanked me for recovering this child and he graduated with his class. He got a driver's license. This was a kid who had like no driver's license, you know, he was at risk, right? Now he's in community college going to, to four-year college. Um, and yeah, so, you know, that was a pretty challenging case, but it was a very fast turnaround. Um, when there's multiple kids, that can be really challenging because like I said, they're looking to each other. And um, sometimes we have to split them in the workshop space from each other, do the work with individual coaches teaching and then bring them together. Um, I think the hardest kid I ever had was a nine-year-old girl. She was really um, scary, you know, and she had spent most of her youth separated from her parent. So, you know, she was three when um, she lost contact. So it was a little bit more of a challenge, but, you know, she came around too, so. <laughs> well, and that's what, you know, something for people to note here as well. You have a success rate, a significant success rate. You reunify families, help families restructure, help even parents who, that particular story stands out to me because what I used to hear is the longer the alienation has gone on, the less opportunity or possibility that there is to reunify. Um, so if it's gone for too long, basically folks just give up. I've heard that from professionals. Mm -hmm. You, that you said she was three and then nine by the time you were working with her mm -hmm. and she was able to restructure mm -hmm. and reunify into a family. So yeah. 
How often are you successful? So during the workshop, we recover every child that's been in the workshop. The long-term success really depends on the maintenance care therapist to follow the workshop protocol in maintenance care. So when children have relapsed, it has been for a couple of reasons. One, clandestine contact. So secret contact with the pathogenic or alienating parent too soon during the protective separation. Or um, the court doesn't follow their own orders and or the mental health provider isn't following the protocol and doesn't really understand the um, pathology of the abusive parent. So when that happens, they put the child back into the middle and they, they start to give the child an, a voice, an inauthentic voice in the fight because they don't understand what they're actually dealing with. So, so every child that comes through the workshop, we've recovered. What I see in the workshop is that what I know to be true also from being a child of this dynamic and being a child and a parent is that the kids love their parents. And when they know they're protected and they're safe to be able to rebond or, or resurface the bond, they, they resurface the bond. And um, that's why we have a hundred percent success rate because it's the truth. And it's in our DNA to be bonded to our parents. It's not normal for children to reject parents, even abusive parents. They don't reject abusive parents. We see in the child protective, you know, in CPS, they say this all the time. Children lie for their abusive parents all the time. And they love that parent. They want the abuse to stop, but they want to protect their abusive parent. And if we reframe this and understand that this is child psychological abuse, then we understand when they're allying with one parent, they're choosing the targeted parent to recover their family. And I coined this phrase, the chosen parent, a few years ago when I was speaking at a conference with like 300 and some like parents and professionals. And I was one of the last speakers and they were kind of like, oh, it was a lot of, you know, tech talk, right? And I, just stood in front of the audience and said, listen, you're not a victim. You're the chosen parent. You're not targeted. You, it feels like you're targeted, but you're actually the chosen parent. Your children chose you because they know you have the grit, right? The hoop, ho hoopsa, whatever, ho hoopsa, whatever you say. Hoopsa, yeah. right? You have what it takes to go the distance. They know you're going to learn the skills and recover the entire family. And I watched the whole room, like they were not, they were like this. And they were like, what? And, you know, and they kept coming up to me. And, and that really was a pivotal moment because people realized they were asleep. Targeted parents were asleep at the wheel and professionals were lulling them to sleep. Give up. Don't worry. Divorce is hard on your kids. They'll come around someday. And Heard that one too. Yeah. Lawyers are saying this and, they, you know, and they, they feel so beaten down. And so... We really went out on a, on a journey of empowering targeted parents to really help them understand that they are the chosen parent and that they have everything they need within them to recover their families. And my goal is to put myself out of business, that the high road is no longer necessary, that, that, that parents rise up and prevent it from taking hold of their families and recover their children much quicker and don't need a court order to come to a high road. That would be amazing. We're not there yet. Um, however, some of the things that we've layered in, the programs that we've layered in um, over the last few years to educate parents have been preventative we've been preventing the need for a high road and they're 
recovering their families in conscious ways coaching with our coaches or higher purpose parenting. They're learning the skills and recovering themselves by, by um, transforming their own childhood traumas, their own micro traumas that got them to where they are today and why they married the person that they married and had the children that they had. So, yeah. you know, that, that's the goal is to, is to really empower people to not need a high road, right? To recover yeah. their families before they need it. Well, and that's another thing you just mentioned there where your coaches, you actually train coaches and have a certification program for them, which I think is so significant because the one thing I hear all the time is how hard it is to find help. Um, So tell people about your, because I have a lot of professionals who listen to this podcast as well. Yeah, so we have two things. One, we're, we're, we've just restructured the coach certification because I've launched a lot of new um, processes, if you will, and programs. So we've restructured the coach certification and we're actually teaching coaches how to recover families, how to prevent alienation from taking hold, and really to create a conscious co-parenting plan that supports the entire family system. Um, so we're relaunching that now. And then Dr. Childress and I are also doing a training called ABPA certification. So attachment-based parental alienation certification for mental health professionals. So we're actually teaching assessment, diagnosis, treatment plans, right? Treatment needs, recommendations, the framework of the high road from a therapeutic perspective for mental health providers, and then the maintenance care. So whole family problem, whole family solution from beginning to end for mental health. The goal is to get mental health reactivated in the family system, in family courts, and to get families out of court. So reactivating the actual solution, discovering what's happening very quickly. You know, you can you can assess a family in six sessions you don't need a year and a half or a year or six months of evaluation you know if you know what you're doing so so we actually have a couple of different things that we're teaching people how to actually solve this if you're a mental health provider or if you're actually wanting to do the coaching you know our coach certification is a business in a box if you will it's how do you coach you know all of the different nuances of what we do how do you build your business who's your ideal client why are you doing the work right so so people are attracted to me because of my own personal journey right and my business was built on my own personal experience and solving this for my family in both directions, healing the transgenerational trauma from my childhood forward. And and really, I even believe in my parents' childhood. And then um, how do you do this for other families? And and so the, the coach training isn't just like, here's how you are a coach. It's like, here's how you find your clients, right? Who's your ideal client? What's your messaging in alignment with our messaging, right? So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. We've actually struggled it. And, and I've done a lot of coach training for myself. I've done a lot of certification training. I'm a mediator, done a lot of mediation training and mediation. So, you know, um, it really goes hand in hand. And as a mediator, you know, oftentimes having a coach in your mediation process, a parenting coaching mediation process is critical because you can't do it all. When I mediate, I'm not being the parenting coach. I have one of my coaches, right? right? So, and vice versa, you know, I can't do both. It's not good to have that dual role. It's better to bring in the experts, as you know, to support the whole family. 
well, that's the last conference that you and I were at together was about building integrative teams. And, and my listeners know this is something I believe very strongly. You build a team to get support the family through. So good coaches in this particular area are so needed that I, I truly encourage any professionals out there who are interested or mental health professionals to reach out to you about that training. So yeah, believe it or not, half an hour has gone by wow. really quickly, right? <laughs> yes. So I, I know we've only scratched the surface, but what I hope people are hearing here is that you have a non-traditional approach, but one that works and that one that has helped families and continues to help families as well as professionals learn how to help families. So how can people reach out to you to find out more? So they can come to our website at consciouscoparentinginstitute.com. Um, if you go to the resources page, we have a bunch of free stuff that they can download. So we have a reunited class for parents with adult children. We have a custody resolution method, which gives you the framework if you don't want to hire us, but it gives you the framework to put your case together with your lawyers. Um, we have free training for mental health providers, and we're also doing a legal strategy training for lawyers and mediators. So that's coming to that'll be on that resource page so feel free to go to our website consciouscoparentinginstitute.com and take a look around if you want to get in touch with us right away you can always call us we have um, 888-379-7279 is our 800 number or you can email us at clientcareatcoparentinginstitute.com and we have a team of people that will get back to you right away well, I'm going to have all of that contact information in the show notes. Um, you also had a gift for people, um, custody, custody resolution method. Can you explain that? And I'll have a link for this as well. Yeah. So it's conscious co or yeah, com forward slash custody resolution method. I think there's a forward slash at the end. And that is a three part webinar series that walks people through um, getting their mindset right so that they are ready for reunification putting their casework together so their lawyer understands what's happening in their family. So instead of going in emotionally destabilized, we stabilize your clients and co coach them through. There's worksheets that go with that. And then the, the final piece of that is really putting it all together. So it's gathering your data, gathering your mindset, and then how do you put it all together? So custody resolution method, free course. It's about four hours of um, video training with worksheets a workbook that comes with it to really get you prepared for either mediation or court if you're if you're stuck in the middle of a high conflict case and you're stuck in court and a lot of that will help you get out of the court and reunite with your children an invaluable resource and it's free so thank you so much um, and Dorothy I'm so glad we finally got to do this I, I know that this episode is going to help so many parents and families and most importantly children out there so thank you thank you so much Susan for having me I'm super excited to be here <laughs> you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. 
You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com, where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.